listening to the official Scottish Rugby podcast with Caroline Blair and Chris Patterson. This is the first episode of the new year. Happy New Year, Mossy. Happy New Year to you. We're still saying it. <laughs> there we are. I don't know where the later, cutoff is. I still don't know where the cutoff is. Um, for some we'll call of us, it now then. <laughs> yes, now. <laughs> Happy New Year. We're done. Um, that, well, you know what that means, though. It means that we're a stone's throw away from the Guinness Six Nations. This is a bit where we all get ramped up. The excitement starts to build. And to do that, to kick us off, we've got Ben Healy and we've got Duhan van der Merwe. So let's have a wee chat, chaps. How are we feeling looking ahead? I mean, we're going to start with you, Dewey. Yeah. When we look at 2023, Guinness Six Nations for you, and ending with you getting World Rugby's Chai of the Year, I mean, it wasn't the worst campaign. No, it started off pretty well, to be honest. Um, I think I haven't played for about six weeks before that England game. Um, so I was quite nervous going into it. And then, um, you know, scoring that, what I would say, a lucky try uh, was quite special. So, I mean, that was a great start to my Six Nations campaign. You call it a lucky try. Well, I don't know how I've done it, to be honest. Uh, <laughs> I'd like to do it again, to be honest, but we'll we would, see, hopefully. We, we would appreciate that. Yeah, hopefully. <laughs> nah, it was amazing. It was a proper wow yeah. moment. I mean, I watch a lot of rugby, yeah. as you know. I've seen a few tries scored on the TV and live, but it was it was the number of defenders that you beat. Yeah. And then even the, the finish towards the end, where you are at that point where you've beaten three or four yeah. already and then the angle the defenders have it was an amazing finish yeah, but, but one thing did Steno claim an assist because he yeah he said it's the best assist he's ever had in his <laughs> life but it's a bit of a weird one like you know I've scored a couple of tries in my career and I must say that one felt like in slow motion yeah. anything was happening in slow motion um, if, I, if I look back at it so I mean yeah I'll yeah. take that one. Pretty More special. That. Did you enjoy it at the time? I know that might sound yes, like you were aware of it. Yeah. Is what it was. Because as I mentioned, um, I think it wasn't. Yeah, it wasn't obviously in the first half. I didn't have many touches before that. So you know, being able to do that and having having played for six weeks just you know absolutely fills you with confidence. Um, so I mean, after that, I was like full of confidence, and I think again it comes down to you know the the good team try we scored at the end. Um, mm -hmm. to beat England and I mean once you've got confidence you can do anything so yeah it's worth flagging Mossy described that try as a worldie and that in itself made me very happy to hear you <laughs> describe it as a worldie I said a wow moment didn't yeah, I? A no in, in a couple of podcasts <laughs> yeah. ago we oh, called it, it you called it a worldie yeah. must be creeping into that hip trend in <laughs> you <laughs> young person so, tw yeah. so 2024 <laughs> um, we will talk about your defenders beating in a minute yeah. as well because there's, there's more to come yeah. on that too but Ben Healy bringing you in as well uh, how are we feeling going into this kind of Six Nations yeah really excited um, like I said probably a few rights are wrong after the World Cup Um Given how that finished and trying to improve on where we finished last year in the Six Nations. Do you think that World Cup experience will have a, a big effect on preparation? I, I found World Cups were completely different, or Six Nations were different to any other tournament we played in the intensity, the scrutiny, the pressure. It was a different vibe. But do you think the, the I suppose, the World Cup experience will have an influence or perhaps have an influence in the build up to the Six Nations? But once the first whistle goes, you're, you're in the moment. I think it's hard, like that's a challenge with international rugby. You finished the World Cup how many mm -hmm. months ago now? Yeah. You've got we've all gone away for play for different teams. Yeah. You know, obviously Edinburgh and Glasgow, but boys have gone, you know, all over Europe to go back to their respective clubs and play. So it's hard to try and link the World Cup to the Six Nations. You can obviously take your learnings from it, and we definitely will, but like you said, it's a whole new yeah. competition. You, we have, you know, we have next week and then. What three sessions before the mm -hmm. week after before the and then you're straight into 
uh, tests in the Millennium Stadium. Like, so you can't. There's not much time to really reflect. You've got to hit the ground running. You'd say maybe Scotland have maybe more continuity than our sides. You think of the coaching changeovers and senior player changeovers and, and the other sides. Mm. There is probably more consistency. But you're right. It's moving on. It's looking at the challenge ahead. It's wheels away first up, which will yeah. bring its own challenge. I definitely one. think the World Cup will stand to us. Yeah. You know, um, having played in such a big stage, like you said, similar group again. Hope a lot of young boys in the squad, so hopefully that'll stand to us going forward in the years to come. You're saying you're saying you're excited about uh, the Guinness Six Nations coming up, which you obviously will be. But you you also strike me as somebody who you're you're very very cool in the head. You're very consistent, very calm. Is that how you would just say that you feel as a player when you're in the moment as well in the game? Uh, yeah, I'd probably describe myself as being pretty stoic. Like you said, I I don't really go up or down too much, um, or at least I try not to. Um, but I probably am that way. Naturally, anyway, I don't get too excited or too low. Um, but yeah, like I'm very, very excited at the prospect of hopefully playing in another Six Nations. And frankly, so are we, because if we look at what you're doing in the URC, you're sitting, you know, top of the points scored as well, and on top of that leaderboard across the URC. So, how are you enjoying your rugby? And uh, you, you've now had time to settle in and to bed in. How, how are you enjoying your rugby? Yeah, absolutely loving it. Yeah, um, like the the talent within both teams the national team and the talent we have available at Edinburgh is just ridiculous you know and like I think over the coming years if we can't um, kind of convert that into silverware with both teams being brutally honest it'll be a failure like when you actually look at the players available on both and like you said Moss when you reference like the consistency mm. of coaches um, the cons- relatively consistent squad selection yeah. for the national team so that it, for the national team if we can't convert that um, to trophies I think it'll be a failure and exactly the same with Edinburgh um, I know it's slightly newer with Edinburgh we've new coach new coaches actually this season um, but the squad is still relatively similar and the talent that's there like if we if we can't make it happen you know that's on us there's a lot of existing structures as you're saying and they are do mm. you're one of them at Edinburgh and we're talking about the URC a wee bit you're still once again sitting top of defenders beaten that seems to be a huge part of your game uh, what what I guess the question for you is, is that an area of your game that you purposely work on? Is that a, an area that you enjoy? Is it something that you target knowing that you're sitting top of that table and you want to keep it that way? <clears throat> uh, look, I don't really look into the stats at all. I mean, from time to time, I'll see that um, I'm, I'm top of beating defenders or whatever. I just go out and, and get as many touches as possible because I believe, you know, if, if I get more than 10 to 15 touches a game, I could potentially beat a couple of defenders, um, you know, make a line break, whatever. So for me, the biggest thing is just to get on ball and, I mean, hopefully beat a couple of defenders here and there. I normally try and target the forwards, but yeah. <laughs> Do you get in Ben's ear to get the, the ball of him? Well, he's been on my case, to be honest. There's, there's times, uh, I can't remember what game it was. I think it was Glasgow, whatever. He was like, oh, do you, do you want the ball? And I just looked at him and I said, mate, I am absolutely blowing. Do was, not give me. It was after one of the long runs. Not the try when it was the Murrayfield game. We had a scrum on the left and it was riding on Glasgow's line pretty much five metres out and Bill was a bit tired like, I know like, exactly what you're no, talking about no, most, most teams use eight off the base or twelve into the team and I was looking at Bill and he was he was pretty broken like he, what, age, what, what age is Bill matter? how many games have you played right he's pretty broken so I looked at Dewey Dewey 
you made one long run, right? I looked at Dewey, I'm going, Dewey, like, you know. Come on, step you, Do you want the ball here? You know, like, he's one on one with the, with the 10. We're about five minutes out. He goes, no, I'm pretty tired, bro. I looked over to Billy. I was like, Billy, <laughs> time to go, go again. Yeah. Um, time to yeah. defend yourself, do you? Yeah. Did that happen? Say again? Did that happen? Well, the bill. Yeah, yeah. I looked at Ben. I was like, man, I'm not. I'm not. I'm sorry. I'm knackered. I can't. Because I think I, we box kicked. You and chased? I chased yeah, Ali yeah. box kick and we pinned yeah. him down there and yeah. I think they knocked it on. Yeah. And he looked at me and I just gave him an eye. He, he, he is good. Don't make eye contact. He is good. Like, if he hasn't touched the ball yeah. in the first 30 minutes, he'll come up and go, you know, yeah. we yeah. to touch the ball. We yeah. need to do something. I'm, I'm feeling really pressure. But then yeah. he's good the other way as well. But well, that's yeah. the thing, because defences, like, you'll scare defences, obviously. Yeah. The amount of analysis is done from opposition teams, you'll be a big, big target for that. So finding different ways into the game is really mm. important. And you're able to do that off yeah. nine, off ten, yeah. off set-piece plays, off counter-attack, like the mm. try we spoke about. And anyway, that's just what brings you alive, isn't it? Yeah. Getting your hands in the ball, whether yeah. it's broken field or set-piece. And one question I was going to ask, it, not to get too deep, but what's your mindset on the ball? Is it just, I'm going to score? Or is it just going to, um, no one's going to stop me? Or are you off set piece. targeting space? Or what is it? I think of set piece, you know, I always, the first thing I, I think about is I'm going to score, yeah. Yeah. Because you have to look at it like that way. Brilliant, yeah. Do you yeah, know what I mean? Sure, you yeah. have to Brilliant. look at it that way. I mean, there was a the one against Cast where I had Goose, I had Darcy outside <laughs> of me. I didn't pass to one of them. But I think, yeah, set piece, I'm always looking to yeah. score. Um, you know, face play, I'm sometimes just looking to get an offload or, or get a line break or, yeah. or make some yards on the edge. T- try and take at least two defenders with me or three defenders. So... I know there's space on the other side yeah. of the pitch, but it's like you say, like I have to try and get on the ball mm-hmm. as early as possible in the game because once it gets to like 20, 30 minutes and you've mm-hmm. only had one touch, sometimes you end up chasing t- too much yeah. and you, you don't get on ball. So it's like finding a good balance or just getting in my tens ear and do, saying, you do, look, give me the ball. You do get games like that. I mean, I've been in that situation yeah. where the harder you try, the fewer touches you yeah. get. Yeah. And then how do you try? Chase mm. the ball, chase the ball. So just take a step Your back. Your team gets narrow. You've no width. Yeah. Who's yeah. setting the width? Yeah. You have to send some depth to set yeah. the width. Yeah. And yeah. It can be frustrating. So yeah, early touches are so yeah. crucial. What, what's your favourite type of opposition winger? So like you've got a Dewey. Yeah. You've got a Darcy. Yeah. Do you have a preference? Because I'm wondering what Darcy's answer to that would be as to whether he prefers a, the physique and the physicality of... Someone I'm up against. Yeah, yeah. So f- f- for your opposition. Um... Do you have a pre- like? Do you enjoy a nippy? What 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 do you? I like the challenge about it. To be honest, um, I guess for me the tougher opposition would be someone like Darcy, because mm. um, I don't know where because I'm, I'm quite tall. I don't know where I'm going to tackle him. But then again, you know, looking back when I played against Jason Colby, um, you know, he's probably the best at the world at the time, and you know, you think, oh, I have to defend this guy. But then at the same time, I look at it like, look, I've got 30 kgs on him. He has to defend me as well, um, but yeah, you know, I've I've played against a lot of wingers <clears throat> in my career, and I, and I think the most balanced winger out there is, is Damien Peno. Yeah. Uh, he's he doesn't look that quick. Trust mm. me, he's rapid. He's so quick, and he's got a lot of skills. And he'll step, he'll fend, and he's got a, a got a chip and chase as well. So it's always good to compare yourself, you know, against the best in the world. Long strider. Yeah. yeah, long, yeah. Str- long striding. Like Blair. Yeah, he's a bit yeah. like Blair. Long striding wingers or back three players yeah. are hard to tackle. Like everybody's yeah. hard to tackle. But yeah. Like if you get a wee short, kind of leg pumper, you have to really fight to finish with the tackle. But a long strider, yeah. if you get it wrong, yeah. and the fend yeah. comes in. Yeah. 
You've nothing to grab yeah. on yeah. the full flow. He had a, yeah. recently against Saracen. Was yeah, it was on fire. Wasn't he? Like, it was like, how do you, how do you fend? Yeah. How he's, do you he's, he's not about that chasing kicks yeah. either, Ben, yeah. is he? Yeah. He gets up. It's, uh, but yeah, like uh, long striders, I know it sounds strange, yeah. but hard. Take time and space yeah. away from them as quick as you can get up and, yeah. and get past. Get in the spokes. Yeah. And we, we gave Ben the opportunity there, I guess, a minute ago, but what would you say about, Dave, what would you say about Ben as a playmaker? What are your thoughts? What's he like? Give us a bit of an insight as to, to how think, he is as a I think player. he's very calm on the pitch. Um, I know what we're getting out of him. He's always, you know, on my case, which I do like. He always says to me, do we get involved? We know we want to get you on the ball. Um, he's always keeping me honest if I'm not working hard enough and um, I mean we all know he's got an absolutely brilliant kicking game so for me again I always try and hold my width and try and stay as flat as possible with him because I know he'll just put it over and you know it can turn into seven points Sounds a bit like my marriage, this, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> and t- talk about, I mean, I guess the other side of you, but I haven't had a chance to probably get to know you about Ben here, but if you weren't playing rugby, what do you reckon you'd be doing? That's a good question. I'll just change the topic quite quickly there. <laughs> don't ask me uh, that. That's my, spe- <laughs> that's my specialty. It's Time my, to think, do you? That, that's my good step. Uh, um, <laughs> it would be in sport, eh? You strike me yeah. as somebody being in sport. Probably, yeah. Uh, if I wasn't involved in rugby... You saying if, yeah. if you weren't if you weren't a professional rugby player? What did you want to be when you were growing up? A farmer when I was young. I really? grew up on a farm. Oh, did you? What type of farm? Uh, tillage mainly. Well, kind of a bit of everything. Tillage. We did some contracting. Had some sheep as well. Uh-huh. Um, I could see you as a farmer. Did really you muck could. in? Were you hands on? Yeah, 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 absolutely. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah. Um, what, age, what age could you drive a tractor up? Oh, it was lo- young as I can remember. Like it was, <laughs> it was a rural, it was a rural Irish farm. Like you, could, like you could drive a tractor at any age you want. Like you know, um, so potentially that, yeah. Um, I, like I always knew I wanted to do this from when I was very young. So since I started playing rugby, I wanted to be a professional rugby player. But yeah, it's a good question. Probably something, something in sport, yeah, or farming. I reckon. Well, we're glad it's worked out the way it has. Right over at you. What was what would your answer be? You've had time to think. Um, <laughs> I think probably when I was about 18, 17, 19, I quite loved going to the gym. So I think at the time I thought, you know, if rugby doesn't work out, I'd like to be a personal trainer. But I mean, I'm getting to a stage now where when I get in the gym, I'm like, oh, I can't be bothered. I just do a couple of go sets here and there, <laughs> pretend I'm doing bits. But yeah, I think back then I was probably looking... Personal training, probably. Oh, you'd work with that. I could see yeah. that working. Definitely yeah. work with personal training. Just, yeah. uh, just upper body, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <Just> <laughs> Arms down. Yeah. Like. <laughs> and then finally, I guess finally from me, um, with the Evens years, 2024 being one of them, we've got two home games at Scottish Gas Murrayfield. One thing um, that really struck me at the last, uh, during the summer, before you went out in the Rugby World Cup, is you, Dewey, were pretty much nearly down to your boxers at the end of the game by giving away all your kit and everything to the fans that were waiting. You've really, as a squad, I think Scotland's really good at giving back to the fans and spending time with them after the game. How important is that connection? I mean, there's nothing better when you you jog out, you're playing a test and it's absolutely packed. and the noise our fans make, um, you know, I remember that when we played England last year, I mean, I heard so many Scottish fans and it just fills you with that confidence to hear our fans away 
and now especially in the World Cup as well, them travelling to support us just means a hell of a lot to us. I think as well, like I kind of referenced it earlier, how good the game day experience is around Murrayfield. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. the band and the walk-in when you get off the bus, the amount of people that greet you. I think they do a great job. And, and the other thing is, like Scottish club rugby as well, like we had a record crowd for the Glasgow-Edinburgh game. Our game against Gloucester last week was sold out. We're getting more and more sellouts at the Hive. Um, you know, I'd love to see you get to the point where New Year's Day we're selling out Murrayfield for Glasgow Edinburgh. You know, I think that's realistic. So doesn't feel that far off, does it? No, you know. So I think um, no, they people invest a lot of time and effort into making sure that we're getting fan attraction and club at international level is going really well. See, so when the the arrival on match day at Scottish Gas Murrayfield, every one of the players talk about it. It's funny, isn't it? It's, it's a real moment. It's, it's, a, it's a real moment. And like, does it, it obviously inspires you massive, but does it add pressure? Or what does it like, do? Because it, it is such a massive oh, I moment. G- I like, it's spine tingling. Like, yeah. It, yeah. You know, if you've done it, I've, I haven't done it that many times, but I imagine yeah. if you've done 50, 60 times, it's still going to have the same yeah. effect. It gets walking worse. behind. It gets, like it gets harder. Yeah. It gets yeah. harder. Yeah. It gets harder because you didn't. <laughs> It's a closer to the one that might be your last, so you yeah. <laughs> it affects you even more. I think yeah. the more you has it always it. been. Now, it gradually, can kind he of progress? Didn't it? Um, just towards the kind of middle to end of my career, it started to come in, but it's yeah. now a far bigger focal point mm-hmm. of the day. And I just wondered because sometimes I'll be honest, you you you're nervous and you're worried about the game, yeah. you try to prepare, and a lot of the kind of psychology before that period was shut everything off, yeah. off tunnel vision mm-hmm. mentality. Don't you know look anybody eye get your head down but yeah. now it's a really interactive process yeah. for the players to the fans and it looks fun I just wondered if it if it brings an extra pressure or if it's just all about inspiration I'd say it's inspiring yeah Yeah, I guess well depends from player to player yeah um, I quite like it I tend not to have a lot of pressure on myself and I think you know it just fills me with motivation mm. I try and take my, my earphones off and just try and look our fans in the eyes and and you know, just appreciate them coming out. I mean, two hours in advance yeah. to stand there, and the, so yeah, I, th- I think you know, it just gives you that little bit of extra, like or, you know, that that ten percent you have to put in to be, to be, to win the game. Nice, gents. All the very best for the Guinness Six Nations, and thanks very much for your time. Thank, Thank you very, very much. much. Well, joining us in the hot seats now, we've got Kyle Rowe and we've got Harry Patterson. How are we doing, gents? Yeah, not bad. Hello there. Not bad. Yeah, how's it <laughs> feeling? Like you're you're getting ready for the Guinness Six Nations. We're we're good to go soon. It's, it's things are starting to wrap up in terms of getting ready for camp soon. How are we feeling? Yeah, pretty excited. I didn't realise how close it was until the first game. To be honest, I thought we had a couple more weeks than we do, but we're Surprise. We're, we're into camp on Sunday for a week, and then next week we play Wales. So coming pretty thick and fast. I can understand that as, as kind of weird as it sounds because you do just you don't go game to game you know the six needs to come up but especially the way you've been performing and the number of games for Glasgow back to back to back without a break your focus is performing yeah. for that week and getting you know looking at opposition preparing for the opposition getting on with it and then the big major tunes just come along I can totally understand that but yeah. you've had a, a bit of a journey since the last time we spoke obviously being <laughs> capped in Argentina then picked up an injury a bad injury yeah, and then moved clubs uh, had a you know, the unfortunate situation with London Irish. Yeah. Then moved back to Glasgow and have hit the ground running big time. So you've had a you've, <laughs> there's been a bit going on since yeah. we spoke. Even since COVID, it's been a pretty pretty much a whirlwind for me. Like obviously the whole thing with Amazon going down to London Irish, then 
Six Nations two years ago, yeah. picking up a knee injury in the summer, that summer, those summer tests in Argentina, and then, <coughs> yeah, with obviously London Irish then going under, not didn't know if I had a club or not. And Kyle, just for context, the Amazon part was you went to work for Amazon yeah. because your time with <coughs> Warriors, everything. Yeah, so I just, like, so it was more with the Sevens because we didn't know whether the Sevens was going to be a thing. And yeah, during COVID, I know a, a lot of people lost their job and I was I was one of them. Um, and yeah, I just had to go work in Amazon for a month and a half over Christmas mm-hmm. and New Year during that period. And then went into Edinburgh. Uh, that was when I actually first met Harry. Yeah. Um, went into Edinburgh for six months, and then, yeah, that's how the whole London Irish thing came about. Was pretty lucky in that sense. Went down for a year. Well, I went went down for two years, but that first year I was playing a lot. And then that's how the whole Six Nations in the summer tests yeah. came about. Capped off the back of that. Yeah, got capped. Fifteen minutes in, did my ACL. Did you know at the time? I knew something was. I knew something wasn't right. It was like twelve minutes, wasn't it? It was really early on. Yeah, I, well, it was like five minutes left of the first half, and then came out for the second half, and it was just like you just knew that was it. And then so, how was, much does it mean to get back into well, Six Nations squad now? Yeah, massive. Like that was my that was my goal, sort of getting back to that point of just performing like pre doing my knee that was mm-hmm. that was my whole goal of getting some regular regular game time and getting back into some good form and i feel like i've done that at glasgow and then getting the six nations off the back of it is just a an added bonus really you haven't half done that i mean you've yeah. certainly excelled and it's been great to see you line it up and it's interesting we always find it really fascinating when we get a chance to hear a player's journey from their perspective yours is um we're not going to say the scenic route but you've certainly had to go in a few different directions yeah. kyle uh, in terms of your own, Harry, it's been fascinating to watch you in terms of your progress, particularly if we take it right back to Clubland and then going on to the, the Fosrock Super Series and the stepping stone that that provided for you. What, what do you, looking back, reflecting, what are your thoughts about your own pathway? Um, yeah, so I was, I was involved in all the age grade stuff growing up and then kind of uh, I wasn't really offered much up here after under 16s going into under 18 stuff. Um, so I applied. I went. I applied all down south for unis because I wasn't really in the picture. Because um, some of the programs down there were really good. Um, and then, luckily, got the chance to play f- uh, men's rugby. We also still at school for Ackies, Edinburgh Ackies. Um, and then I, I got a wee bit of recognition there, and then um, offered into the what is now the pro academy, and then into Super Six stuff after the the year after that. Um, so yeah, I think uh, yeah, and then a lot of injury. Um, nothing as significant as Kyle's, but um, just a hell of a lot of small little things, just constantly. Um, yeah. So I was thinking the other day. I think over the past like four or five years, um, I've, I've definitely been injured over half my time at Edinburgh. Um, so I think, but now I've found some type of fitness, um, and yeah, a wee a few games here and there, and that's um, that seemed to. You know, be quite good. Yeah, because you, you had a, a good spell with Edinburgh. Was it two seasons or three seasons ago? Well, I had, uh, I had one I game. Training really well, and, and yeah, then yeah. a couple of injuries there, didn't you? But then this yeah. season really kicked on, and, and, yeah. and been able to deliver performances just back to back. Yeah, um, and obviously been a bit lucky to let a few guys get injured because Edinburgh's back three. I mean, it's similar with Glasgow, but it's just absolutely world class and mm-hmm. absolutely stacked, um, especially when Blair was here. So. Um, 
but yeah, just being able to take wee opportunities has has been quite, I think, quite good for me. Was the um, Six Nations training squad a no. your goal? Like, what? no, well, it's obviously a goal, but I thought it'd be a wee bit further in the distance, you know. Um, I wish we had a camera on your face. <laughs> <laughs> just now. No, I was, I was, I was, um, I was pretty surprised to be honest. Um, How did the call go? Uh, I just had a shower and I was in the changing room with Harry Morris, <laughs> um, <laughs> one of my pals, and. Yeah, the Gregor called, and I, again, I thought it might be a case of you know you've been you know you've gone well the past few games, um, but this is what you need to improve on. Da da da. Um, but no, when he said I was in the squad, I was I was I was you know very surprised to be honest. But um, what did you say? What do you say when Gregor says you're in a Guinness Six Nations I, I squad? Try, I think I tried to keep it cool. I don't know if it came across <laughs> that way. What have you got I probably seemed stores? very awkward. Pardon? Is, it, is his number stored as Gregor Townsend? No, it wasn't. No, so you didn't know. Okay. I never, yeah. No. <laughs> oh, no. And my dad actually asked me, he was like, did you think one of the boys was um, uh, having you on? But I didn't, which Cheers is probably, an, I, I was like, that, that could be an Cheers absolute masterclass from, from one of the boys. But um, no, no, it was, it was an awesome it's moment. Amazing. Yeah. What about yourself, Kyle? What about when you got the call? Given, um, I mean, I guess your journey up to this point, does that factor in at all or do you just see the number? No, so I, I had Pete Horn call me. Oh. So Pete Horn called me and nice um, we've had a few chats over the season of like, things to sort of improve on and just sort of keep doing what I was doing at Glasgow and just yeah things like that and yeah he phoned me um delivered the good news and like first thing I just said was thank you mm -hmm. like obviously just really grateful for the opportunity I know last time I didn't get an opportunity during the Six Nations but again if it doesn't happen this time like I just need to keep keep improving keep doing what I'm doing and yeah like you must have loads of memories, both of you, of watching the Six Nations or coming to games at the Six Nations. Does it feel like it's the same thing that you're going to be involved in the preparation, hopefully performing in it? Yeah, one of my my sort of not earliest memory, but one of my best memories was um, when I sh left school. I had to choose between football and rugby, but mm. at that point, I was working in a bar. So during the Six Nations, I, I was working non-stop in Edinburgh and it was rammed. The, the last weekend it was rammed because obviously games are back, all three games are yeah, all back to yeah. back. And that was one of my memories sort of not serving anyone, just stood there just watching, <laughs> uh, watching the games like that. People asking for a pint of Guinness and I was like, no chance. No. I'm watching Did you keep your job? Uh, I kept it for a year to be fair. Oh, that's good. But... Um, it's quite interesting to hear it from like it's not often we get a chance to catch up with players who get to see it from both from perspectives outside, yeah. 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 yeah because i mean that well full disclosure chaps that's my my favorite part that's the only bit yeah. that i miss about working the, the games mm. these days is that you know it, being in a pub and enjoying the atmosphere mm. if you can't if you can't get tickets to scottish gas merrifield as mm. many of us can't coming up because of the you know the quality of the products that good you can't get tickets for love nor money you want to be in a pub don't you yeah exactly and you've had that opportunity <laughs> yeah I've, I've had it from both sides of the coin and and with the 1872 cup having now played in it i've mm -hmm. been one of the ones in the stand with my dad and mm -hmm. one of my uncles watching it i think it was like eight years ago or something because i got a reminder on my facebook at like i think it was uh 26th or 27th of december and we were at uh, murrayfield watching the game and i was like i'm actually playing and <laughs> i'm actually playing in it now instead of just watching it so yeah it was pretty mm -hmm. Pretty cool. Six Nations memories for you, huh? I know it's, it's not Six Nations, but one of my first Scotland memories was uh, I think it was Australia. Was it 2010 maybe at mm -hmm. Murrayfield? 
Oof, that's gone back a bit. Maybe twenty twelve. I don't know. Get over must have been young there. Yeah. Yeah, it must have been young that day. I, mean, I remember it's not watching. Back it was awesome. Us, but yeah, because yeah. Yeah, he missed yeah. the kick at the end, I think. Yeah. And then it was, it was the first it was time. It's a kick to win. Yeah, yeah, it was. Oh. It was. It was. Um, no, that's probably my first, first proper yeah. Scotland memory. Yeah. I guess as well. You know, before we let you go, because you've still got a lot to do now. Um, as we say, we're ramping up for <laughs> the Guinness Six Nations preparations. So far be it from us to 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 keep you any too much longer, but. What what are you I suppose what are you wanting to be able to look back on in terms of how this Guinness Six Nations goes for you? I'm not talking about playing. I'm talking about being a part of an elite squad again and and being involved in the Scotland setup. What do you hope to be saying at the other end of this experience um, that you might have learned as as a, a squad member? Um, I think initially um, I was kind of just really happy to be you know in the squad, but I think I think. I think I need to kind of make a switch when I go into camp to actually be like, right, I'm not just happy to be here um, and here to compete. Um, I think that switch needs to happen instead of just you know going in and being like, oh, I'm, I'm chuffed to be a part of it, mm. you know, which is true. But um, you're not yeah, lucky not, to be here. You've earned yeah. it. But yeah. yeah, just not absolutely not being you know, be like, oh, I'm chuffed to be here. That's it. Yeah. Just be like, right, I'm actually here for a reason type thing. Um, yeah. I mean, he's, he said it pretty much, mm. pretty much on the nose. Um, back three is pretty stacked for for us both with mm. Blair, Darcy, Duan, us two, uh, Aaron Reed coming up mm -hmm. as well. Like there's a lot of competition there. So yeah, just trying to become a better player uh, by the end of it, and just not really having any regrets. Really, oh. just knowing that I sort of just gave everything. Well, I think that's can certainly be said of both of you right up to this point. You've absolutely given it everything, and we look forward to seeing what comes next for you both. Harry Person, Kyle Rowe, thanks very much indeed. Appreciate it. Thank, Thank you. you very much. Great to catch up with the guys there. And the, the interesting thing there, we've got you know Dewey and Ben, who've got a different stage, I guess, in terms of their experience of, of, of this uh, environment, if you like. But then you've also got Harry coming in and you've got well sitting alongside Kyle Rowe who's been on some journey yeah in and around the fringes here yeah it's uh, although you say that and Ben Healy's what four caps yeah 41 points right enough but he's four cap but that his first cap was obviously the last game with Guinness Six Nations last year so because he's so like dominant and as you say calm and organised and <laughs> just manages the game everybody else around him and he's so diligent he seems as he is more experienced yeah, yeah, yeah it's and, true actually um, so there'll still be a, a, an element of nervousness around that but yeah you know, Kyle's had a taste of the training and been around the squad a long time Harry's the complete end of the scale you could see just when we asked him how surprised he was to be involved <laughs> but he deserves it um, yeah and he's he's got as I said experience of the age grade uh, played Scotland sevens as well but six nations is different and I kind of said that right at the start to to Ben and, and Duhan, it, it's a different vibe. It's the, I think it's the condensed nature of the, of the games, the scrutiny. I think it's this period of the year we talk about being quite dark and miserable in January and February. It's this the only this bit beacon of, joy. of light is the Six Nations. <laughs> yeah, so the, the there's that many, joy. there's that many eyes on it, and then you add into the mix, if you don't start well, you've got six days, seven days to, to solve it or to save it, and, and there's it's a different, it's a different pressure but you can see how excited they all are you know the, the the squad's been announced this week there'll be a lot of preparation going into the wheels game already from the coaches and in, in, in terms of the players they're looking at i think there'll be a lot of preparation in terms of you know what what they'll face against wales but wales is 
has a, a completely new squad in many ways as well. So it's quite difficult sometimes to overanalyze opposition. Therefore, should you focus more on yourself because you do have continuity? But yeah, going back to your first point, you've got all, <laughs> I suppose, all scale of experience versus the, the, the and new faces and, and personality types too. As personality well. types, mm. and that, that's the joy of these weeks or the week before you play is bringing that together. It's a new squad, different faces, different personality, different experiences, and you have to galvanise a link or a, a theme that's going to make this kind of Six Nations different to any other and get your focus on it. So that's the, and, that's and the coach's so, role. More so in the evens years because you've got three away games. Yeah. So your, your time at Scottish Gas Merrifield is reduced down to two matches. And yeah. I, I, it's, it's an, an, a really interesting time, I always think, because it, you know Rugby World Cup, has just gone mm -hmm. and it feels like we're very much back at the beginning of a new Seems a long time cycle. Ago, doesn't it? it does actually mm -hmm. even though it wasn't that far away but yeah. this is effectively the beginning of a new cycle I, I don't really like that what, what is it you don't like about it's it? it's too far away so in you, terms of I, I think that the, the cycle now is Six Nations cycle and yeah. this the next three months two months um, I think looking ahead to a a tournament effectively four years away or, or three and a half years away is, is too far. I think the, the here and now has to be a priority and I'm, I'm sure it will be, of course there'll be eyes you know, in certain parts of the organisation and all the, the unions thinking, right, here's a, a four-year cycle. But do you I don't think players not think to? That? Yeah, I was yeah, going to say think you have the to players be here now. don't I, do I genuinely yet. think you have to be here and now. I mean, we would be foolish to look ahead to, what's the final game, Ireland? Mm-hmm. Never mind a, a tournament three and a half years. So away. I I I quite like the I quite like the storylines. This is why mm. I'm quite also looking forward to the full contact, you know, Netflix series because I quite like the storylines that you get mm -hmm. with like Formula One with rugby when when you're thinking actually this is a a yeah. big part of the journey that begins. So I guess from the fans' perspective, I think it is. Yeah, I think you're right. <laughs> I think I think fans probably have a broader view. Mm -hmm. Because maybe they don't have to worry about what's in front of them as we much. We don't have to. <laughs> you know, I mean, yeah. they know they're potentially going to be watching it in four <laughs> years' time. Yeah. You don't know if you're going to be playing in two weeks' time. Yeah. So the, the focus, I think, is for the players, especially, especially the Six Nations. I keep saying it in terms of the heightened intensity around momentum and how important it is to get momentum. That first game, Dundee Weir Cup, uh, Millennial. Yeah, you, you, yeah. We need to. Well, you want to win on the road, don't you? Twenty-two years since we won in Cardiff. Mm -hmm. I obviously won it. Uh, Parky Scarlets um, since then but in Cardiff it's uh, 2002 um, way back when I was playing it feels like a wee while ago <laughs> it was a, certain, <laughs> a long time ago and then actually before this I thought well, I'm going to go back and look at the 2022 game which was really uh, I, I hadn't forgotten about the game I knew we'd lost so I think it ended up was it 2017 we'd lost Dan Bigger kicked a, a drop goal oh. with about 10 minutes to go and it was a miserable the afternoon and we failed to kind of keep hold of possession and or discipline let us go we actually started losing well that um, was, that's right th and that's the kind of performance that you have yeah. to look back at and say listen you know we, we've got to be cleaner than that um i think from memory that was week two two years we ago. started against england two years ago yeah yeah so yeah so yeah yeah so it would be week two so is there a game? Is it well? I mean, maybe that answers it. I guess. Is there a game um, that you're particularly looking forward to? Uh, I, I I always thought as a player and as a, um, as a fan, I find I find there's something really quite 
exciting about Scotland France fixtures. What is it about it? I, I think it's again from from going back not to go all the time, but France let you play more than other international teams. Do we? A wee bit, yeah. I mean, they would potentially load up the backfield a bit more heavy. So if you kicked in, they're right in the counter attack. So that gave you space in the front field to attack. They'll, I mean, try and offload. They'll keep the ball alive. That maybe gives you an opportunity to to strike and turn over and and counter attack. For me, I always felt there was there was more space on the field. Uh, maybe it's from a defensive point of view because it was <laughs> felt like there was more space to cover in the way they attack. But um, and if you think about the even the games prior to the uh, Rugby World Cup, the fixtures over the last couple of years between Scotland and France have been excellent in terms of the product. Um, and obviously the intensity that goes alongside Guinness Six Nations in every game but I, I do from a personal point of view I, I, I really look forward to the you like that game I, I like that game I think there's, there seems to be more space which is great from attacking sense but it's uh, <laughs> it's pretty difficult to defend, defend uh, defensive sense if, if there is more space to cover and you look at the the players coming up against them it was Duhan mentioned Damien Pinot as, as yeah. a player to, to keep an to eye, keep an eye on. on there's a, there's a few of them in that French 15 well, I'm certainly, I'm certainly excited. To be honest, it's like we say, there isn't a game that you're not looking forward to. Um, and I, I guess to round things off, there will be a lot, of, a lot of the Scotland players um, who've had the privilege of wearing the jersey before who'll be really disappointed. But what a mm. great problem to have for Scotland—the fact that we are have so much depth and that Gregor's, you know, opted to select the players that he has. Absolutely. The uh, yeah, I mean, it, it's a strong squad. There uh, definitely players will be disappointed that have missed out. But as we always say, and you're going to finish on a, or a positive <laughs> note, I'm saying there will be injuries. The intensity and the scrutiny yeah. and the physicality and the demands, you know, that there will be changes to that squad between now and the middle of March or towards the end of March. So you've got to be playing well. If you're not in that first squad or if you haven't been announced in this first squad, you have to keep playing, you know, perform, train. If you are in the squad, then it's the same message. Um, so if you're called upon from within the squad's been selected or if you're pulled in from outside you you got to be ready you got to hit the, hit the ground running when you're when you're involved in the Guinness Six Nations well there we are it feels like we're a couple of weeks away and that is quite literally the reality of it isn't it first up Wales in Cardiff on the 3rd of February then we were back to back home games haven't we we've got France first at uh, Scottish Gas Murrayfield on the 10th and then England on the 24th of February to after that's the trip to Rome on the 9th of March and uh, rounding off proceedings in Dublin on the 16th of March. What a tournament awaits us. As always, you can keep up to date with the latest news and content via Scottish Rugby's social media channels or via scottishrugby.org.